This episode of The Challengers is brought to you by the Amazon original series, Tell Me Your Secrets. What if your daughter went missing and you knew who took her? In this psychological thriller, I play Mary, a mother obsessed with finding her missing daughter. Mary discovers that her daughter was last seen alive with a serial killer. And that killer's girlfriend, Emma, is now in witness protection. Mary is determined to hunt Emma down and get answers. From the executive producer of The Undoing and Big Little Lies, watch Tell Me Your Secrets, premiering February 19th on Amazon Prime Video. Hello, and welcome to The Challengers. I'm your host, Amy Brenneman. Today on the show, I'll be chatting with actress, producer, entrepreneur, and my very dear friend and private practice co-star, Kate Walsh. Kate joins me to talk about a series of physical and mental health challenges that she's faced throughout her life. In the first part of this episode, we're going to discuss early menopause, burnout, and the discovery of Kate's brain tumor. Let's get started. We're talking about broken tail. Welcome to the challengers, Kate Walsh. <laughs> the challenge of my broken The challenge of your broken tail. We have, and not it. surprisingly, especially to Paul Edelstein, we've been talking for about a half hour about all sorts of things. Um, I just, I just, it's going to be hard to keep it together with we you. We won't. So let's we not won't. try. Okay, we're not we'll, going to we'll try. We'll try, but okay. no. Right. We won't. Um, I, do you know about this podcast? Should I tell you about it? I know about it. I was, you I, yeah, you told me okay. and then I've been briefed, yeah, right. which is amazing. It's Here's, really cool. I'm going to read this thing that I wrote because it kind of sets the thing as, as you're going to understand in two seconds. Okay. And then I think I know what you want to talk about, but we can talk about yeah, everything. Whatever. But, yeah. right. So here's the dealio. In this podcast, we're talking about challenges that hit us hard and are usually unwelcome. Mm. We find ourselves in a club we didn't ever want to be in. We find ourselves one of the people we used to draw away from, or perhaps pity, thinking, thank God that's not me. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is not a how to triumph over adversity, I beat the odds discussion. It's not a discussion about learning to accept a challenge or live life despite it. This is a conversation about how the thing that we don't want to have happen to us is exactly the thing that can be the catalyst to become the person and join the community that we've been longing for all along. So where has there, and you can literally talk about anything you want to talk about, but but is there been a singular challenge where you're like, wow, I have tried my hardest and and I can't solve it and I'm just going to have to live with it or figure out how to live with something in a, in a way that, that I hadn't thought of before. Well, it's funny as you read that statement, cause I was like, well, brain tumor, but honestly also early menopause was one right. that happened that I did not welcome or was not excited to be a member of. And is a huge area in the culture, obviously now still the, of, you know, fighting against it, like, or, or maybe not now, or just, you know, IVF, all that stuff. Like, but that was really not welcome. And what happened? Okay. So, t- so the menopause thing. So, cause what's interesting to me is like, I'm always like the play by play. Like, okay. So, you know, what was right when we were doing private. And pra- then, and just- then was there like, okay, I'm going to do this X, Y, and Z, and then I'm going to solve it or I'm going to fix yeah, it. Yeah. It was, gonna- well, I was trying to hurry up and like get, try to get like <laughs> pregnant and 
like, oh, okay, then uh, what? That can't be. First of all, my sister called, who's old, my older sister. She's like, you should get yourself checked. I'm going through early menopause and it's hereditary, apparently. Oh. And so we were your periods irregular? Were there any no, because I was on birth control. So okay. I was like, I'm fine. Don't yeah. try to scare me, you evil witch. And then I <laughs> was like, wait a minute. And then I went and got checked. And even my OBGYN was like, did you watch that Oprah show where they talk about like, and I'm like, no, I just, my sister, he was like, all right, we'll do the test. He's like, whoa, yeah. Windows closing really fast for you. Like basically, and I had you like were two only like left. 40. Like, I just imagine like wasabi peas in there or a little <laughs> BB in a pachinko machine just rattling around like some old dried <laughs> bit. An old that was my joke of like it's like a tumbleweed in an old western of a whore hanging out the window of a saloon. It was just like good luck, good luck having a baby. And you <laughs> right were like forty? Were you like forty? I was no, I was. You 30. weren't even forty. 39, 38, 39. So young. So young. So young. <laughs> but I, so you, so you harnessed your great brain and your self-will and your ingenuity and you're yeah. like, I'm going to figure it out. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and then I was, I did, I mean, I went to see, I was so freaked out by it though. I remember I went, I had a girlfriend go with me, which I still advocate when you get freaked out about going to doctors to have somebody come with you. Cause I tend to when leave my body and go, yeah. I, and I forget the questions to ask, whatever. So I went and explored IVF for about 10 minutes. Um, did I just remember vaguely doing a couple shots in my belly and then nothing. It's still just like a wasabi bee. Is they're like, they're sorry. <laughs> so the juice came in. They're like, nope. No, no. Sorry. Closed. But no, it was. Uh, <laughs> so you, so you explored it for 10 minutes and then was this slow drip of like, huh, I may be a person. I may be in that club of being not having kids. Well, like, yeah, was there- that was actually more than the, th- it was more the psychological, you're like, wow. I think it was the experience of being a person that worked really hard, you know, a daughter of an immigrant that I, I had my dream. I went after it. I got it. And in, in a very lucky, but worked my butt off too, but also like oh, this is the first time like there's something unequivocally taken away. Like mm. you're not going to be able to change this. Yeah. And you sort of look around culturally for everything that has moved forward and progressed for women and not. There, nature is nature too. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're not going to change that. And I was like, wait, I heard about this thing where you can take a, you know, an egg from somebody else and put your DNA. Like, you know, there's all this. But at the end of the day, it was like, oh, I'm, at that time, when we were working those crazy hours, I'm on a massive TV show. I just had my, I think I'd just gotten into my brief Hollywood marriage. And, yeah, I you think know, it was all the same time. It was all the same time. Right. Which even this sort of dreamy, creative, romantic part of myself was like, that's probably how it's going to happen to me. It's mm, all going to happen at mm. once. So I just thought, it's all happening at once. Mm. And then, except for the early menopause part, I was like, oh, yeah, no. And I didn't have the infrastructure to really deal with a lot of that. So, um, it was sad and I still struggle. It was something that kind of, I dealt with and contemplated, like, do I want to adopt or then do I want to, you know, have children on my, I never wanted to do it on my own. And then, but it was something I still contemplated up until a few years ago. Like Mm. maybe I should adopt on my, and then then I finally was like, no, I don't want to do that. So I think And then, and then did it, did you... You know, in terms of that that part of it of 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 joining a club, and it's like never thought about that club. Who else is in that club? Like, had you always assumed that you would have kids, or were yeah, you, I did. I really yeah. did. I thought I would, 
you know, I always thought I would, but also then it gets into a whole thing of my upbringing and like the craziness of my own childhood. And, you know, the short answer is I was busy doing my career and pursuing that for my twenties and thirties, most of my thirties. And that was the trajectory and the reality of that are long hours. And I also didn't necessarily, I didn't meet somebody that I was really like mm -hmm. crazy for that I felt like, oh, I want to have. And I also didn't, there was, I think uh, the, maybe the more interesting thing underneath it was like, I really didn't know if I could have both or if I really mm -hmm. believed it. So I waited and, you know, and then that was it. And then now it's like, I'm 52 and women are starting, like my friends are starting to go through it. And I'm just like, come on in. The water's just fine. Right. Any questions? Right. Happy to answer. It is that self-will leaning it. And again, you and I share kind of that, uh, a little higher power, you know, that moment of like, where am I being led? You know, that's what I mean. I yeah. still feel like I struggle with that because we're still in a culture of like, make it happen, right. you know, and, you know, take the day. And, and I'm like, yeah, or just, you know, rest. See right. what the day brings. No, but I also think that there is a there are different phases of different people's lives. When we're young, when you're in our 20s and 30s, you're supposed to be going after it maybe or like really in it to win yeah. it and going for things and victories. And it's sort of this, it's a little more, or that was my experience anyway, of like, I want that and I'm going to go get it. But now I'm like, what's coming to me? And like seeing the beauty in that. And also, I mean, I will say, I am living my best life now and I feel great. I, I, I am healthier than ever. And anything that was an ad, adverse health challenge for me has only led me to better health and better self-care and a happier life. And I think as a, me being a better human in the world. It, it's, it's also very confusing. And I also think it's confusing as women and as, you know, daughters of or right around second wave feminists eight, because it's like that, that thing, like what you're describing of like, I see something, I'm going to go for it is such an incredible, beautiful thing, you know, yeah. and the way you manifest things is so inspiring. And it's like, oh, wow. And it can be super dominant culture bullshit, you know, of like, I'm just going to, you know, it's self-will run riot. I mean, it can, so I'm interested in kind of that too. It is, but also like, look, the creation that I, when I made Boyfriend, the fragrance, that was at a time of like, I was honestly kind of bored and burned out already on private practice. I've been playing Addison for four or five years between grays and that. And I, and it was an idea that I thought intellectually and logically was not a good one because there's a big fragrance market and some could argue a surplus of fragrance in the culture, but the creative idea wouldn't leave me alone. It was like mm. a little buzzing bee. Mm. And then I followed it. And then I was like, oh my God, green light, green light, green light, green light, green light. The culture likes it. Oh my God, it's successful. All of this. And then it was working and I was working and I had that energy, that crazy energy of like, I'm going to like, you know, burn the candle at both ends, break that in half, set those ends on fire. I'm just working <laughs> 120 hours a week. Right. And I'm loving it. I was making commercials. I was doing, it was purely creative and really yeah. satisfying. And then until I, it, then it stopped working and then I had to restructure. But it was also like realizing, I thought, oh, this is the end. How sad with my baby. But it was actually what, again, analogous maybe, is it a stretch? I don't think so. With brain tumors, early menopause, what you think is an ending is actually just a new beginning or a right. new opening for massive expansion, which meant 
with that particular business, massive support, massive love and passion. And for me, that was sort of the macro change in my life. Not so much with the menopause, but like brain surgery, all of it was like me going, okay, I give up and I'm taking on a lot of love and support business-wise, career-wise. Personally, it changed who I was and cracked me open in like a beautiful way that I'm still like being cracked open. And I'm constantly humbled and very like touched by it. Like, oh my God, look at all these wonderful people that want to help me make something beautiful. And all I have to do is sort of let go of the reins and let them help and let them love me and let them love this brand or this whatever, or me, you know? And that's been a massive gift. I want to hear about that because I think I know what you're talking about, but I want to know. So so we end private practice. You go full charging into Bad Judge, which is a great experience, um, short. Yeah. And then that I remember talking to you that spring and you're like, did you feel really, really depleted after judging? Yeah, well, right. I, but that was the beginning of your physically not feeling yeah. well. And then that lunch at Sergio's. I will tell this story because it's an awesome story. So our mutual beloved Sergio. Oh, yes. Remember this? He got a new house with his husband and it was in June. And he had just wrapped, I guess, how to get away with murder. I was, and we were chit-chatting. You came in a little bit later and... um. And you said, here's what's going on with me. And then you said, I have a brain tumor. And I, it's the only time in my life I've actually done a spit take. I was like, ah, ah, ah. And you're like, no, really? I, you, I think you had just come from Cedars. Yeah, I just come from Cedars. Der or Derek just dropped me off. I couldn't drive. <laughs> so anyway, many amazing things about that. But you got, and then you. I was relieved because I was so, feeling so fucked up. And, and hadn't gotten any answers. And no, but well, and my boyfriend at the time and and even Derek, because it was like they're like, oh, this is what it's like when the actress doesn't work. She's oh, like, yeah, they yeah. thought I was just madly depressed and and kind of manifesting. Yeah, symptoms. and this is like, oh, this is what she's like when she's not working or something. And I was like, no, I don't feel right. I don't feel right. And then I even went to go see the neurologist at Cedars who was like, here's some Zoloft, sweetheart. You're in the you're in the change. Oh. You're an actress in your 40s. You know, you're not working. You're going through menopause. Oh, you're probably, it, it was a high dose of Zoloft. I was like, respectfully, I have a shrink that can prescribe. And while I'm not, you know, not open to that, I would like to just have an MRI. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What do you think you're going to find verbatim is what he said to me. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, maybe immaculate degeneration because I don't feel good because I'm here with you for 20 minutes and then I'll be in bed for the rest of the day because I can't drive because I can't walk that well without balance. But I'm, you know, presented as strong. So right. he eventually acquiesced and I got my, I got my brain scan and had a massive tumor in there. So luckily it was removed in three days and it was all benign and they got all of it. So I was very, very fortunate. I just heard another story about a friend who it was like, I think something's wrong. I think I'm right. And her gynecologist uh, was like, no, 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 you must be depressed. Here's some Zoloft. And she had fucking uterine cancer. They missed uterine cancer. They And then they took her uterine. It's like, what the fuck, physicians? It's infuriating to me. And I will say that it's one of, I'm anybody who wants, I don't know what I could do to be more 
vocal about advocating for your health and particularly women we know our bodies we know I don't know men too who knows but I mean our we're this is our instrument yeah super in touch with it you're like something's wrong it doesn't feel right stick around we'll be right back This episode of The Challengers is brought to you by the Amazon original series, Tell Me Your Secrets. What if you thought you killed someone, but you couldn't remember? In this psychological thriller, Emma, the girlfriend of a serial killer, is trying to figure out what role she played in the disappearance of a missing girl, Teresa. Teresa's mother, Mary, which is the character I play, is obsessed with tracking Emma down and finding answers. Mary even hires a serial predator to hunt for Emma, because what wouldn't the mother do to find her daughter? Am I right? This show is full of twists and turns, and you're constantly questioning whether a character is the victim or the villain. You don't want to miss this highly addictive thriller. From the executive producer of The Undoing and Big Little Lies, watch Tell Me Your Secrets, premiering February 19th on Amazon Prime Video. Coming up in the episode, Kate and I continue to talk about physical and mental health and how letting go and asking for help is sometimes the greatest gift you can give yourself. So, okay, so just to catalog it, so you have your brain tumor, you have your thumb. Yeah, so then I broke my thumb skiing. It was seven surgeries in five years. 2015, I had the brain tumor in June, I had the surgery. Then in December of 2015, was it December that we went for that charity? Yeah. And we go to ski in Bobby Kennedy's Waterkeepers Alliance charity. And I just, I felt really good and strong. And, um, but I was just going to do a practice run and it was icy and I slipped and fell and I had my poles on and broke my thumb. And then, uh, then I had then a plate you, and screws put in for that, that surgery. Then... Eventually, I had the plate and screws taken out because it was bothering me here. So it was surgery number three. And then I was like, the gift that keeps on giving, brain tumor. Um, I What came first? Yeah, the broken shoulder. That one actually had nothing to do. That was just a random accident at work on you steps. You fell, right. Trips right. coming down the cheap black plastic steps that sagged. We need to fix that. Yeah. Um, slipped and broke my shoulder, like clean break through my humerus bone and concussed myself and when I was on 13 Reasons Why season two. So that was actually worse than the brain tumor. It was so painful. But then what about your hips, baby? Because that's oh, yeah, what yeah. I... So then the shoulder, I rehab that, the plate and 14 screws, and then it's like still jack. Oh, then I'm like finally feeling better from that. And then it feels like I go back to yoga and it feels like I pulled my groin. I moved back to New York and they're like, actually, no, you have avascular necrosis, which is like were you an athlete? I'm like, no. Um, it's something that usually only major athletes get. Or if you've taken a high dose of steroids. And I was like, no, I've had like shots for my voice here and there. And then I realized after brain surgery, I was like, oh, yeah, I was on Decadron for the swelling because it was, you know, and you have to keep stay on it for a tick because of the potential for seizures. And they're like, that's probably what did it. So basically killed the blood supply of the bones in my hips. So then that eventually wears down. And so then I had a hip replacement. 
<laughs> but like eventually you'll have to have the right one done too. And then eventually it came. So the first one was in 2018 spring. And then the second one was just a couple months ago. <laughs> And, so um, so back it up though because so 2015 when it all started to go down like when <laughs> the moment the the moment that you were saying that's so moving about like realizing that you didn't have to run everything that you could surrender and and be loved and people could support you did that happen I mean you 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 told that story in reference to boyfriend and approaching it differently but was that also part of the part, body no, the, and the yeah it was the brain tumor thing because right. at that time it's like I went, it almost, you could almost kind of align it to an addiction in a way. Mm -hmm. Like how I, I think how I dealt, it's a fine line between creativity and addiction anyway. I think it's both the shadow and it's both, I, the way I dealt with my anxiety and then slash creativity was I just kept adding more stuff, mm -hmm. you know? I'm like, oh, let's produce and start a new TV show. Oh, and I'll redo a house. Oh, and have a blended family for the first time. Oh, and have a fragrance company. Oh, and also I'm going to work out really intensely for this role that I want to look a certain way for. And, and then, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was like crazy. It was yeah. just like, let's do it. Yeah. And it was like that kind of, I think, bordering, you could all call all those things proactive or highly functioning or wow, you really do a lot or creative. But I think, I remember feeling like this is going to end. I can't, even when I did Bad Judge, I was like, I can't keep going like this. Yeah. I just wanted to get it going, hire more people so I could be in fewer scenes and rest more. And, you know, and then, so initially when the symptoms presented, I thought I'd just burn myself out, you know. And so maybe that is the case. But the body becomes a the great arbitrator. The, the body is like, oh, really? Brain? Yeah. <laughs> Here's what's going to happen yeah. now. I feel like because we're in such a, um, and maybe always have this what capitalism is, but a commodification time and a brand time, even to really hold true. It's like, no, I'm really, I'm not, this is not a thing that I'm doing less. This, I'm, I'm literally doing, you know, I'm, I'm going, like, you get rewarded for, I mean, how many magazines. It's like, oh, such and such actress is running for office. And how does she do it? And she has three kids. And she, you know, there's a lot of, you get a lot of juice from the culture, you know, about that. And also producing and doing and producing. Yeah, it's and just doing. like, yeah. And, and what's interesting about the kid thing is, um, and, you know, I hear this a lot, like, and you did not experience this, but your, your life grinds to a halt in probably a great way. Like, I remember like nursing my baby and go like, oh, the world stops. Like, unless yeah. you have a reason to stop. I mean, I'm, we have the same constitution. I'm like, busy and I'm excited about things and I, I don't know how to, I don't know. I'm a little bit all over the place, but I think this, I think it's connected and why you are such an amazing person in the world and friend and all that you are is that you really do cut through the bullshit of like you, cause you present in this pretty fabulous way and you are fabulous, but you're not fabulous Thanks. because you look great and do great stuff. You're fabulous because you're a human being who's, who's committed to being authentic and providing oh, a safe you. space for other people to be authentic. Yeah. And again, we all, we all know it's this brand, especially with social media stuff. It's like, it's like, She's so honest, and even that becomes dishonest. Like in two seconds, it becomes yeah. bullshit, you know, or somebody's yeah. making money off of it. You know, yeah. like how do you keep going? Like, no, 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 for real, I had this illness, and it, or whatever it is, you know, how do you? 
Has that been a challenge for you or you, I mean, that's part of it being in our fifties too. It's like, oh, fuck it. It's just surrendering, man. It's really quite simple. So for me, it's on a new level. It doesn't mean that I don't have to work really hard to stay conscious and woke and like have constant conversations with my ego. But I really feel like, and it's Jungian for me, it's like the more I live through life, the more I'm like every day is a waking meditation and every moment is, it's perspective. It's all program stuff. I mean, we're going to talk about, but I, I, for me, Al-Anon, but I, but it's also beyond that. It's like, I have a meeting here in LA and I can choose to go, oh, I I probably won't get that or whatever, but I'm, or or I can like, oh my God, this is a fascinating person that I'm sitting with. And she's actually, oh my God, look at what all this stuff that she's done, this woman. I mean, I was like, oh wow, what a great meeting. And it fed me. Mm. So I kind of feel like that thing, it's almost like the Kim, like a, a dreamy, it's like a waking dream yeah. in my life, you know? And just paying attention, like what makes me feel good and what makes me feel shitty? And I pretty much go away from the shitty stuff. I don't try to work through that or yeah. bust through and go, yeah. it's like no pain, no gain, or just how about no pain a little yeah. bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah, about yeah. enough pain? Right, right. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's, it's just total sense you know, because I I think that the pain know. comes anyway. Right. So I'd rather just kind of go limp in the water and let the wash over me as opposed to like really struggling and trying to wrestle it. Yeah. Well, and I and I think that's where it's like this sneaky um, reason or not sneaky reason, but the. The reason I want to do this is for kind of that to really parse out some of this language of like, and how much of our language, it's like, I'm going to beat that. I'm going to get it. I'm going to win the race and do the triathlon. I'm going to, you know, which is awesome. I mean, all that masculine energy is yay for that. Right. But divine feminine is like, hello, you know, hello, like. Yeah, hang out with the stay plants in bed. and hang out with like. I love bed. So I love bed. If I could take bed. bed down the four hundred five, I would. You would. I would be like, <laughs> "Hi guys, still in bed." <laughs> How are you doing with all the different beds, though? Because you're traveling a lot. I you am, miss- but I do. Okay, I do this thing every morning that I heard from a spiritual master, and I just love it. Where I literally say out loud as soon as I'm conscious, "Today is a perfect day," mm. and um, then I get into what I love. And it's usually low hanging fruit. Like I love these sheets. I love this pillow. I love Pablo's around. I love the cat. Mm. I, but I oddly, cause I have been sort of this satellite moving about quite a bit and lots of different beds and pillows and rooms and, you know, and, uh, I definitely also, but I still get total anxiety about it. I'll wake up sometimes mm. at four in the morning, like, ah, what's happening? Where am I? Or with I, my brother and I call it the fear, um, <laughs> where you just go down a rabbit hole of irrational fear and anxiety. And then I feel like one of the gifts of being my age and having worked really hard is like, I've got a spiritual container that can, I can self-soothe and hold myself and go, that's all right. We got it. Don't worry about it. It's all right. Turn over, pray, pray out loud a lot. Right. I mean, I do all the things that are not probably sexy or cool, but it makes me feel sexy and cool in the end. Praying Praying is massive. Prayer and meditation is a big one for me. Yeah. And just keeping things very simple. I feel like the more, this is also a thing, like if I, you usually joke, make your plans and God happens or life happens. But honestly, I kind of try to keep my schedule open to see what will happen Mm. um, if I can. Like Mm. I really like having it, like just to see what sort of life brings. I feel like I'm, I'm in the boat and I don't even have oars. I'm just like, where are we going now? (laughs) 
Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, kitty cats. It's Kate Walsh here, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about my fragrance brand, Boyfriend. It smells delightful and delicious. It opens with uh, top notes of dark plum and myrrh and night-blooming jasmine, and then it has tears of benzoin, which is basically a fancy way of saying vanilla, base notes of vegan musk, that's right, and golden amber patchouli, just enough patchouli, not like Grateful Dead patchouli, but just like good patchouli. And Cystus Absolute. Boyfriend is cozy, nuzzly, warm, and juicy. You'll want to drink it, but please don't. We have a sampler set if you want to try it before you buy. But for those ready to take the plunge, head to boyfriendperfume.com and take 15% off your first order using the code CHALLENGERS. Whether you have a boyfriend, want a boyfriend, or single, married, or just living your best life, this is the only boyfriend you need. Closing out today's episode, Kate and I talk about acting and how that fits into her life today. We also talk about how she chooses to make certain aspects of her life public and keep others private. Let's listen to the rest of my conversation with Kate Walsh. And then how does how does acting fit in there? Is that like another surrender? Is that interesting to you? These yeah, days? I don't. It's funny because moving away from L.A., moving back to New York, I still what really um, I still like I love acting. I still feel like it's going to be a part of it is. I mean, I've got, I'm doing it. I have stuff coming out and everything. But I feel like I don't want to do it as much. I call it a ventilated schedule. I really like mm. a lighter schedule mm-hmm. and because um, I love traveling. I love nature. Nature has been a big thing that's been calling me. You and I have talked mm-hmm. about that a lot. Um, and love. <laughs> so making time and space for, for that. Like you don't have anything to prove or you don't. Yeah, I think that also a lot of why, you know, acting, I got a lot of attention and love and it was like, and it's like built in boundaries with acting. You know what I mean? It's a role. Mm. There's there's a beginning, middle and end if you're doing mm-hmm. a play and you do it every night and then it's done. It's very safe mm-hmm. and you have command and energy and people listen to you and then it's done. Or on set, it's like action cut, action cut. You say these lines, I'm going to say these lines, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, so now I, and I think in some way that was very like comforting to mm-hmm. me. And I, I felt very expressed and seen and treasured. Treasured, yeah. yeah. And now I feel like I kind of like who I am in my right. life and other things. I, there's space for other interests. I'm really interested in um, nature and climate stuff and, you know, among other things. The interesting thing about being, um, I mean, I never, I mean, celebrity is a very meaningless word to me, but you're going through things publicly. I mean, I certainly have been through that. And so there's an added layer of how do I choose to make certain things public? How do I make it public? Is it nobody's business? I mean, there is an added layer with, Yeah. so did you feel like there were times along the way where it's like, I, I need to circle up and be private or... I mean, you are so at ease with how you talk about emotions and you and I feel like we're sort of trained in the rooms to do that. So there's a certain ability you have as a person. Mm. But on the other hand, like, you know, there's moments where it's like, I can't, this is not for public consumption. Yeah. When I had my brain tumor, I didn't want to talk about it straight away. I really wanted to keep that private and have the experience until I was ready. And then I was like, I'll go do a campaign and I will um, (laughs) be of service and not afraid to get paid to talk about it and talk about my experience. But for 
a good year and a half or so, I was like, this is mine. Right. And and other people, you know, have had it. Like I'm, Maria Menounos had the same thing, and she talked about it straight away on her radio show. She talked about mm-hmm. it. It it's so personal and how you want to how you process stuff. And you know, I mean, obviously, every I'm very grateful for having gone through like that kind of fame machine or the the you know when when we did when there was still paparazzi following and all that mm. kind of stuff I, I mean I had a very public divorce where it was so gross and horrible but I again everything that you would never court or want like a divorce or that a public divorce or it, it, it it's all f- spiritual growth it's all potential spiritual growth if you choose to look at it that way or it you also- can be ruined by it and right. devastated, but you're like, I don't know. I think we're all human animals. We're meant to survive, and and like that's the beauty of, you know, us as humans. We have a we have will. We have free will. We have choice to some extent. Some of us more than others. Well, and also the other piece, and you know, right out of the twelve steppy stuff is what is that great phrase? I always mess up, but no matter how far down we are, our experience can benefit others. I mean, one one theme that comes through again and again when I talk to folks on this podcast is like, okay, there's this thing over there. I really would prefer not to have happened. Right. Then it happens. And then, you know, like I had a, you know, crap miscarriage. It's like before that, it's like, oh, poor person. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a nice person. But it's like, I'm glad that's not me. Then it is you. And then that, then you join up with the human race even more, you know? That's so you hear I mean. about somebody that has a miscarriage. It's like, tell me about it. I had that too. Yeah. So think about all of these access, you know, things, all of these experiences means you, you, you have street cred with yeah. a lot more people. Yeah. And I think in terms of being of service and love and being part of a community, like the more things that happen to us, the more we can relate in, yeah. in ways that we wouldn't have chosen. But Well, I still think that largely, sadly, for, for women, and maybe men too, but there's still a very finite number of stories that are told. And there's still the intention of covering and be like, everything's great. And we're yeah. shiny and it's all tits and champagne, you know? And it's like, or you get married and then you have some kids. And then it's like, you think, you, there's not a lot of stories still in the culture that tell it like it is. Yeah. And and there's just something that is comforting about hearing other people and healing, healing, I think, spiritually about hearing other people that are going through what you're going through. Because I think the devil is disconnection and isolation. Yeah. And that is where... Everyone, I mean, I've had dark, dark hours where I'm like, I can't do this. I mean, when I say breaking my shoulder was worse than brain surgery, it was because I concussed myself and the concussion was like 800 times worse. Like you don't want a concussion after you've had brain surgery. It's basically, I felt like an NFL player, like that dark, like, oh, if this is life, I don't want to do it. And I had to have like a friend come and be with me on set when I went to work because I was that. Shaking. So what is and my neurologist? What is the new neurologist. Well, it it's basically how he likened it. I'm sure this is completely weird, or he just said it for layman's terms. He's like, if you're like, you think of your brain like a bunch of pasta, that you know when it's cooked, it can kind of stretch and stretch mm-hmm. a little um, with trauma. Is like, but then if you have a concussion after brain surgery, is like the strands snap a little, and there was just it was really really challenging like nothing I'd ever experienced before and I'm like how long will this last (laughs) so depression I mean these are dark dark depression depression, and then reactionary like rage or Mm. tears like this Mm. and like well you should avoid stress at all costs and I was like so playing the mother of a dead girl on 13 reasons why (laughs) would that be considered stress 
so, but that lasted, that was right before my 50th. Yeah. So I'd had this, again, this big plan for a big 50th. Yeah. Remember, I was going to do it yeah. in Ohio, save the date. It was going to be a wedding theme. Yeah. It was like all this big, big, big thing. And you're like, or we'll just get sandwiches and uh, <laughs> we go to do it in Malibu. <laughs> or go to Malibu. <laughs> so, totally. so it was like, yeah, that lasted for two months before I was able, a good solid two months before I was like, oh, okay, I can drive again. I can sleep well. And it, it's gnarly. That was really hard. Were you told really this, hard. this this is a finite, like just hang in there. It's usually mm -hmm. over in three months or whatever. He goes, it could be three months or it could be a year. So you're like, okay. But again, it's like an opportunity to go, who can I ask for help? Who can be there for me? What can I let go of? What do I not need to do? Mm. You know, I have, you realize how many people love you. It's all the cliche things, mm. all the people that can show up and very good new friends too, who come and like, you know, my friend Sarah Lake, who's my travel pal, but mm -hmm. also like came and took care of me. Like wash, so when you have somebody who can come wash your hair, out, mm. <laughs> when you're like, I can't get in the shower, you know, it's like, that's. Yeah, it's humbling, well, but it's beautiful. You been, um, All these things you're like, who wants to have a shoulder broken in a concussion and not be able to bathe? Well, you know what's also beautiful, though, is to have somebody wash your hair for you. Like, that's mm -hmm. like not anything that you'd court. But then you're like, this is a beautiful experience, man. How is it to be, though, in, and we can wrap, we won't talk, if I'm uh, In Antarctica, though, I, sometimes with the climate change thing, I am, it's like I, I get, uh, it's like I get so overwhelmed. I don't hide. I never go into denial but how is it to just stare in the face of like some of these facts and it's like everything is it it's awesome that. and awful. And I feel like that's what life is. It's awesome and awful. And, but I choose, I think also it may sound cliche, but having had, I don't know how you felt with illness, but for me with the brain tumor, it was, it's as cliche as like, you're like, I could die. This is it. We didn't know when they went in, if it was going to be, they thought it was probably going to be benign, but they weren't sure. They wouldn't know if they could, they didn't know if they could get all of it. They didn't know how it was attached. They mm. didn't know if it was on a blood, if it was on a blood vessel or if it was actually, they couldn't see how it was. So it could have been, and it was literally, if this is it, I've had a great run. If it isn't, I'm going to make changes. And I kept my promise to myself. And that means like enjoying life, being with people I love, doing what I only doing projects that I'm really, you know, mm. really t being more conscious and slow about it. But I feel like my commitment to my health and also the plasticity of the brain and knowing about brain health, um, particularly, you know, obviously post brain surgery, it's like you have to, it's so sensitive. And then having had the concussion, like I need to be in positive vibes. I was like, I'm going to go do my art. I'm going to be of service where I can. I'm going to try to be kind and courteous to everyone I meet and live my best fucking life. Yeah. Because I look at history, you look at Antarctica, I look at the youth, it's a cup of the world. It's melting. It's definitely, a, there's a problem. And then what can we do? What can we do collectively? What we can do individually? What we can do as a government? What we can do, I mean... I'm excited to do get everybody zeroing out their carbon emissions when they fly. That's what I can do. I'm, I choose not to, you feel both. You see it's raining in Antarctica. It's never raining in Antarctica. And these baby penguin chicks are going to probably die because they're not built for rain. They're built for snow because they have downy feathers and they can't, and they're flapping their wings. You're like, these are cute penguin videos. What I'm not telling you is they're going to die, mm. you know? But at the same time, I'm like, this is fucking, this is life, man. This is life.
You can find Kate on Instagram and Twitter at Kate Walsh and on Facebook. Just search Kate Walsh. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Challengers with Amy Brenneman. That's me. You can keep in touch with me on socials at Amy Brenneman on Twitter and Instagram. And you can like my page on Facebook. Just search for Amy Brenneman. Last but not least, please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you soon for a brand new episode.